In a world that tells us that we outgrow picture books, one author seeks to tell a different story. Picture books are for grown-ups too. Hello friends, welcome to Picture Books Are For Grown-Ups Too, the podcast where we believe you're never too old for a great picture book. And we also believe that these tiny tales can lead to big connection. I'm your host, Patrice Scopo, and I write lyrical stories that celebrate joy, expand understanding, and foster compassion. I'm the author of the essay collection, All the Colors We Will See. My debut picture book, All the Places We Call Home, is based on one of the essays in my collection. Thanks for joining in today's conversation. I'm delighted to have you here. Hello, 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 picture book pals. I'm so excited to have Des Cooper on the show today. We'll be talking about her book, Nothing Special, illustrated by Beck Sloan. Des is a 2015 Kresge Artist Fellow, former attorney, and Pulitzer Prize-nominated journalist who writes extensively about racial and gender equality. Her debut collection of flash fiction, Know the Mother, won numerous awards, including the 2017 Next Generation Indie Book Award. And let me just take a pause and say that Know the Mother is a fabulous book, so I encourage everyone to go out and get a copy of that. Dez's essay, We Have Lost Too Many Wigs, what a great title, was listed as a notable essay in the Best American Essays 2019. And her first children's book, Nothing Special, received a starred review from Booklist. After spending her 30-year career in Detroit, Des now lives in the Virginia Beach area where she cares for her mother and three grandchildren. Welcome, Des, to Picture Books Are For Grownups Too. I'm so happy that you agreed to be on the show. Patrice, we've been following each other for what, a couple of years? And yes. now we're still not face to face, but I feel like ever closer to ever your closer. Son. So That's right. I appreciate this. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Yes, it has been just a joy to connect over the years. And I'm so delighted that we can be face to face, as you say, in virtual space right now. <laughs> So the first thing I just wanted to hear from you is that we often associate picture books with young children. Mm -hmm. But as you know, this podcast believes that you're never too old for a great picture book and you don't have to be a child or have a child to read a picture book. So why do you believe grownups benefit from reading picture books as well? Okay, so you might have picked exactly the wrong person to answer this question because I am the kind of person who from probably in my 20s would buy picture books and hoard them. And oh, then when I, I had my own kids, I would buy two copies of the special books. One was so that they could never touch it. Oh, right. Yes. My book. And then to the preserve a copy. And yes. 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 Like my own personal library. So yes. I've had that little quirk for a long time. And I really do think it comes from my early education. I've always wanted to be a writer. But something would happen to me in class, English class mostly, when we would get these, you know, anthologies or textbooks and they would have poems and then beside mm. it would be these amazing pictures. And yes. I, I'm telling you, I can look at, I can see the page of Roberts Frost, uh, you know, The Road Not Taken and the picture that went with yes. it. Stopping by the woods on a snowy evening, yes. Jabberwocky. I, it very much impressed me how much 
you have to, the brain does something different when words are coupled with images. Yes. It's a different experience. Yes. And, you know, one thing that wasn't in my bio that I don't talk about much because I'm in a different part of my life now, but I was a journalist for a long time. I was right. a columnist and I would tell the photographer, get this good picture or get this angle because I knew that people would read the, the, the caption mm-hmm. and the headline mm-hmm. and they would look at the picture and then decide if they were going to the word. Oh, interesting. Right. And so the picture was, was really primary. So I don't think I've lost that, even though I don't write picture books much except for now. And I write for adults, but I do know that you have to still be visual. Yes. And to me, that's what picture books do, even for the adult mind. It yes. takes you in a completely different space. And of course, now that I am an adult, I know what it takes to make that art right with it. So it's not just like a photocopy. It's not a coloring book. Like it might be for a child. Yes. For me, I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody drew this. Mm -hmm. Somebody painted this. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm reading words that are lyrical and I'm appreciating art in the same thing. So that's why I'm like, you know, go get push picture books, go read mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to find that child in you. You're going to look true. at something and go, oh my gosh, that's me and my grandmother. Or, right, right. Yes. yes. With that journey or the cooking or whatever it is that inspired that author is going to, it's going to resonate for sure. Right. Absolutely. I Love everything you just shared here. There is so much here. And I, I want to make sure we get to our other questions. So I won't stay here too long. But just to comment on that idea of what you said about the poems that you read and the visual element and how you recognize just how those work together. And I think that's so true of so many of us. And yet, often in our society, we like to act as though images are something for small people in our world, for the children in our world. But I think we gravitate towards Mm -hmm. um, just appreciation of the creation of art that can go alongside too. So I love that you mentioned that. And the other thing that you mentioned that I really appreciated was that sense of even as an adult picking up a picture book and the story resonating with parts of our stories as well, because that's just the power of story at work there. Oh, so exactly. I, I love that. So we are actually gonna specifically talk about your beautiful book, Nothing Special, but I just want to share a little bit of the book summary for listeners who aren't familiar with your book. So this is from the book summary. Six-year-old Jax can't wait to leave Detroit and spend a week with his grandparents in coastal Virginia, where he's sure he'll be spoiled with the kinds of special things he enjoys at home, toys, movies, and hamburgers. As he dreams of the adventures he'll have, his pop-pop has other ideas. He fills their days with timeless summer fun, crabbing, shucking corn, and counting fireflies. Illustrated entirely of repurposed textiles, Nothing Special is a buddy story that spans generations and a love letter to the Black family connections that survived the Great Migration. What a marvelous summary of this book. I just wonder if, one, you have anything else you'd like to share about just the summary of the book. And then also, I'd love to hear a little bit about the origins of this story. What drove you to create Nothing Special? Well, I had a really important 
author Marilyn Nelson, mm, yes. uh, famous for her children's books and, and her poems, uh, mm-hmm. of The Reef or Emmett Till and, and many others. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I met her at a conference and I was stuck um, on what I was writing. And she's like, well, why aren't you writing for children? I mean, oh. it was almost like, don't you want to write for the future? Are you an idiot? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. So since I was stuck on my other project, I spent the rest of that time working on what would become nothing special. That was in 2019. And then we were soon locked down. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was living, uh, I had left Detroit where I had made my career of 30 years and moved in with my family in Virginia, my parents, both of whom had Alzheimer's. Um, And there I was with with them one generation and my grandchildren another generation Mm. so actually i had the great grandparents and the great grandchild Mm. and so those are actually jackson pop pop in the book oh wow they became best friends and i started writing about their relationship so that was the genesis of the book but you know back to our conversation about how things work on on two different levels i don't know if you're a, a, a fan of Sesame Street or anything, how you can sit and watch that with a kid and you're rolling laughing at things that right. you know totally went over their heads, right? Right, right. And so you can have a great time as an adult watching that. Well, this book operates on levels like that as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. on the surface and for a kid, it's about leaving a Northern city and traveling in the summer times to reconnect with family in the South. In this, this yeah. is, in this case, it's Detroit and Virginia. Right. I know you traveled a lot um, around as a child, and maybe I don't know if that was exactly you might have gone intercontinental to do mm. this trip, but it's a very common story for right. Northern yes. families to do this. Right. Um, and and why is that? Because during the great migration, so many of our families left for opportunity. We were not leaving our culture. Mm-hmm. We were not leaving our family. We were mm-hmm. not leaving our food. We were not leaving our land if we could help it. What we were leaving was white supremacy. Right. And so right. when we left, mm-hmm. that word home became very complicated. And right. most often it actually did mean Georgia or Virginia, Mm -hmm. or Alabama. It didn't Mm -hmm. mean Detroit, or Chicago, Mm -hmm. or Pittsburgh, right? Right. And so we know as adults, looking at the story of Jack's coming to Virginia, it's it's a historic, it's grounded in our history of Black people. Right. Many, many in America, and the many times we were separated Mm -hmm. because of enslavement, Mm-hmm. After Reconstruction, mm-hmm. all of those decades of trying to go back and find those people we lost. Great migration. We had some agency there about when and how and where we were going to leave, but only a little because we were we were trying to escape lynching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's not really a choice. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but we were determined that we weren't going to be separated again. Mm-hmm. And that is the genesis of the the black the black family reunion that we the iconic one that's really kind of a a Medea joke on some level, but it is grounded in that history, right? That you know we we left the South, but we didn't leave us, and we're going back for us. Yes, yes. Um, And so, as an adult, is reading this book. Um, 
they the kid is is enjoying the adventure that Jax has. City boy, city right. mouse, country mouse, right? Right, right. Yes. But the the adult is going, yeah, wow. You know, I remember those journeys. Right. Or though they will see some in the we can talk about the illustrations in a minute, but we can see um some of the iconic things in the images that pull back. Yes. History. Yes, yes. Right. And maybe I think this would be a great time. Let's talk a little bit about some of those images because they I really want to stress to everyone this book, it is the words are beautiful, the images, the illustrations are just remarkable. So yeah. No, no, no. The illustrations are stratospheric. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I can say that because I did not make any of them. Beck Sloan, the illustrator, is a genius. So this woman is a very talented fabrication artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just for the sake of those if, if listeners who want to visualize this, if you think about claymation or stop animation, and you see these like puppets and how they make them move in 3D space, that's actually what the book looks like because Beck knows how to do that. Yes. So she she yes. took references of my family photos. Pop Pop is my dad. Wow. <laughs> he passed away in 2020. Didn't wow. get the book, but it looks just like him. Wow. And um and Jax looks just like Jax. Yes. And everything is handmade. The grass, yes. the trees. Um there's water scenes and the water is fabric. Yes. It's not painted. Um, the furniture, the stars, everything in the book is handmade and then photographed. Yes. And so it does give you this, like you've jumped into a world, this kind of 3D feel to the story. And I think this is another reason why the book can resonate, you know, from three and above, mm -hmm. because you can fall into the images mm -hmm. and start telling your own mm -hmm. stories, asking questions, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. um, about the arts. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's really stunning. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed what you said there about that. I can't remember the language used exactly, but the 3D sense and being mm -hmm. able to fall into the images because I definitely felt that as mm -hmm. I was reading that I almost found myself locating myself in the story as I was reading along, which I think is very powerful. And, you know, here I am, I'm an adult and I'm locating mm -hmm. myself in this story. And it's interesting because I find myself locating myself at various points in the generations. So me as a child, but yes. also thinking about me as an adult now who yes. is a parent of children and you know there are generations above me generations behind me so i think that's something really beautiful that is happening here so i'd love for us to just talk a little bit about ways in which adults can more deeply engage with this story so i am passionate about creating spaces for human thriving and i really believe that picture books are a wonderful gateway into this work and that picture books can help us celebrate the beauty of our stories and also help us connect with one another so thinking about nothing special do you have some sort of activity or question that grown-ups can engage with or ask themselves to help them one more deeply connect with their story but also more deeply connect with the stories of other adults around them as well mm -hmm. well I may, I may want to narrow that question just so that I can get my arms around. It's a big question. Yes, it um, is. please <laughs> narrow as much as you'd like to. Um, and other people who are not African-American 
may be able to translate this into the immigrant experience in mm. general, mm -hmm. or even just people that have had to move around the country and be strangers in places. Mm. I think that adults um, can look at the story and think about what is it that you want to save and pass on. And I'm not talking about the vase or the dishes. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking about what about you? What, what mm. of you do you want to make sure the next generation knows and understands yes. about your family's journey? I, I do a talk about this book that's called Black Trauma, Black Joy. I know the trauma and the struggles and the, the historical underpinnings of this story. Mm -hmm. Do we have to tell that to a three-year-old? No, not yet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but what we do tell the three-year-old is there's a story here. There's more here. Yes. Here's the joy of this. And yes. here's the gift of this. Yes. So that's actually what the book is about. Like, mm -hmm. what are the treasures yes. that you can continue to pass on? So any adult who's reading this, and you don't have to have kids, you know, to think this way. Right. Think right. about what needs to be preserved and yes. who can you give that gift of your life experience to? Yes. Oh, I love that. I, I love that way of thinking about it, thinking, kind of turning that inward and thinking, mm -hmm. what is it that I would want to preserve? I think the other thing that strikes me too is as we turn it outward and think about connecting with other people is thinking about what types of things might they be preserving? Is that something that I can learn more about this other person in terms of what, what feels important to them to observe, excuse me, preserve in their family's story right. as well. So mm -hmm. those are wonderful reflections. Thank you for sharing that really great stories. So as we're kind of coming to a close here, I'm just wondering if there are any additional thoughts that you might want to share about this book, uh, maybe other areas that we didn't talk about that you'd love to bring forth or any upcoming projects you'd like to share, whatever you want for your final thoughts. <laughs> well, I, I have just been so gratified by um, how this book has been received. It has been selected by the New York Public Library as one of the top 10 children's books of 2022. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank That's you. so exciting. And something that's been happening is that I have had several donors or organizations sort of foster the book so that it gets in the hands of kids who would not otherwise have it. Yes. So I've had people buy just, you know, a couple dozen books right. for a homeless shelter. And yes. I got to go and read at the shelter with the certain public schools, you know, that may not have the budget. And so, you know, even if you can't do that, if it's just like ask your library to carry the book, yes, it's, it's just a way to make sure that kids have access to to literature that speaks to their actual lived experiences yes, and that they feel validated, you know, in all of these images and pictures that are out there, that, they, that their life experience, their family experience feels validated. I had one kid in the homeless shelter say, how long is Jack staying with his grandparents? Mm. And I realized that he was worried about Jack's having a home and mm. what was that home going to look like? Right. Right. You no. Know? And I said, Jack's is going to be able to stay as long as he needs to stay, right. you know, just to, to comfort that child. But that child would never probably have come across 
a book that has his experience of like, I'm going to a grandparent's house for whatever reason, some kids right. they'll be in danger, you know, to be safe, whatever. So I'm just saying there's just so many ways to look at the images and um, bring it home and validate children. And so the more help we have getting books like yours out, just a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. Oh, thanks, Des. We call home. I love it. You know, books like this that are representative of, of a wide spectrum of the African-American experience. Yes. And I think we're all better for it. Oh, I love that. Those are wonderful final words. I just love that idea of representative of this expansive experience. The book is Nothing Special by Des Cooper and illustrated by Beck Sloan. And I encourage everyone to go out and get themselves a copy of this gorgeous book. Well, Des, thank you so much for being a guest today on Picture Books Are For Grownups Too. Thank you for sharing how your tiny tale can lead to big connection. So please tell us where listeners can learn more about you and your work. Oh, thanks for that opportunity. I love this plug. Come to DesCooper.com and everything is there. Des, D-E-S, Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R.com. You can go there. The book is available widely, you know, wherever you're used to shopping, bookshop. Dot org is one of my favorites. Yes. Barnes Noble, Amazon, of course. And go to your indie bookshop. And if they don't have it, ask them to order it and they will be happy to do that. Also, your library, ask them to do that. But DesCooper.com is like a one-stop shop for you. Well, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of those thoughts. I enjoyed this conversation so much, Des. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. All right. You too. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you loved what you heard, please leave a review. Reviews really help others find the show. If you'd like to receive email updates about new episodes, please go to patricegopo.com and subscribe to my newsletter. And remember, the world may tell us that we outgrow picture books, but we have the power to tell a different story. Until next time, keep reading picture books because picture books are for grown-ups too.